I'm Noel Halsman, and this is Open Concept from Yahoo Finance. I made this podcast to bring attention to the entrepreneurs and innovators in Canadian business. Every week, at least at the start, I will be sitting down with someone who is leading their industry, pioneering a new product or service, or just making important things happen. Join me as we go from the corner office to an open concept. This week, a million data points every day. The most important thing is whether we're growing the, the company, where, whether we have a happy community, that's, that's way more important than, than valuation. My name is Alan Lau, CEO and co-founder of Wattpad. Fast forward to today and Wattpad is a content creation factory where the top stories are being spun off into TV shows and movies. Indeed, one of the most popular movies in the world right now is a teen rom-com called The Kissing Booth that got its start on Wattpad. The story was read 19 million times, which is more than enough to convince Netflix it had a fan base here to bet on. Others are making a similar bet. In January, Wattpad received a $51 million investment from Chinese internet giant Tencent, and those are US dollars. That's on top of the roughly $70 million in venture funding the company had already received. While still private, Wattpad is now valued at $400 million, not bad for a company that made approximately $24 in its first year of operation. So in, in year 2007, uh, when we first started, uh, we built a mobile reading app for the, for the Razor phone. One of the reasons that we started the company, uh, me and my co-founder Ivan together, it was because we, we love to read. But we also believe that uh, we can build a, a platform for people to share their stories more freely with no middlemen. Uh, or men and women. Um, so uh, we uh, built that Razor reading app, and then we also had a website where people can upload the, the content and consume on, on the phone. We believe that the mobile capability at the time uh, was good enough for people to read, but uh, we truly underestimated how long it took for uh, for the business to take off. We projected. We hoped that we, uh, uh, we would hit a million users in the first year, but we missed by at least three zeros. <laughs> you, I understand that it was that there was no original content uploaded in the first two years. Uh, that was uh, partially correct. When we first started, we knew we had the classical chicken egg problem without yes. any content. We don't have any readers. Without any readers, I could not attract any writer to upload the content. So we kind of jump-started this with all the classic books. Yes. So Pride and Prejudice, uh, Charles Dickens, all the all, all the. Uh, works from from him, and uh, there are about uh, twenty thousand uh, other public domain titles that we uploaded. And then you were able to build an audience initially based on people going to read Jane Austen and and Charles Dickens and uh, authors of that nature. Yeah, that, okay. that that's right. Ba- basically, that's what the business was in the first year, even though we hoped that someone would upload the, the original stories. In fact, we waited uh, almost two years before the first writer uh, who uploaded the, the, the first original story on Wattpad. In the first two years, it was all classic books. I want to ask you about the, the evolution of the company from a, a place that was initially where you would just read to now quoting, we are turning ourselves from an app company into a full-blown, full-stack entertainment company. 
What does that evolution mean in terms of the product that Wattpad is producing today? Yeah. In the very beginning, we were basically just an app and then websites where people can read and share stories. But um, we purposely did not, uh, other than uh, some banner ads, we purposely stay away from thinking about the business model. Uh, And uh, for good reason, because uh, we, we don't want to uh, introduce any, any friction and sign up. We, we don't want to introduce any friction in, in, in usage. We, we leverage that to, to build the user base first. And then uh, uh, after uh, a few years, I think it was like 2011 or 2012, uh, when we, instead of a thousand users, we, we, we had single digit million at, yeah. at that time. Uh, it was the time to think about the business model. So one of the business models that we were uh, thinking at that time was, well, when we look at uh, uh, entertainment, uh, whether the entertainment is a movie or a TV show or print book, one thing in common, the starting point is always a great story. On Wattpad, we have millions of, of amazing stories. And how can we leverage that? That's the question that we ask ourselves. So the aha moment that we had in, I would say, about 2012 was, well, perhaps we can make our atomic unit. Uh, the atomic unit is a, is a story, a great story, and, and see if we can become the atomic unit of every and any entertainment uh, property out there. And that was the genesis of what we are doing today. At that time, we were still too small, so we didn't really pursue the idea until 2015 or 2016 when we started uh, Wattpad Studios. Uh, So uh, for Wattpad Studios, a separate division in, in the company, the mandate is to take the best stories on Wattpad uh, and leverage the data and the insights uh, of those th- stories uh, and then uh, partner with the entertainment industry and turn those stories in, into uh, TV shows, movies, uh, print books, and, and other formats. And uh, now, two, two years later, we are working on a, a, a Hulu show, uh, Sony Pictures, um, they just uh, uh, work with us and, and, and we're working on co-producing a, a TV show. We have a multi-year, multi-project partnership with NBC Universal. And, and that's just in, in North America, uh, some examples of the projects that we are working in North America. And uh, there are multiple projects that we are working on in Europe and Asia as well. Is the the definition of, of the best stories, is that what's most the most popular stories? Uh, the stories that have elicited the most comments? Or is there a, a, another sort of criteria uh, that you're that you're looking at when you're deciding which one of the, you've got, what, 2.3 million contributors, I understand, mm-hmm. of the content produced by that huge mass of, of writers, how do you determine which is the one that you're going to push forward as a potential production idea? Yeah, it's, it's not purely just looking at the popularity. There, there are uh, many factors that we are looking at. Um, we collect a million data points every day. And the data points can be like uh, when and where a person is reading a story, how much time they spend on a story, which uh, 
chapter has uh, more engage uh, has the most engagement. In fact, it can be down to the level that if we adapt a story uh, to a TV show. Uh, we can tell the screenwriter, "Hey, keep chapter one, chapter five, and chapter seven. But for chapter seven, only the first two paragraphs, because these two, we generate the the most comments, and we look at the subtext, and and we we know why people are, are saying OMG a lot uh, on those paragraphs. And we can give uh, the screenwriter um, the that type of insights to help them. Uh, we turn them." Uh, into superhero, we equip them to to write uh, better screenplay, so we can help uh, from that perspective as well. For example, um, just recently uh, in the past month, uh, one of the most popular movies uh, in, in the world is is called The Kissing Booth. It's a Netflix original. This story originated on Mark Page. It's a published book uh, by Random House uh, as well. And uh, uh, according to IMDb, is the number four most popular uh, movie in the world today, right now, at this moment. Huh. And uh, a lot of that is uh, it comes down to uh, number one, the building audience. Number two, we have the insight and the data to help the adaptation. And then number three, uh, when the movie is available, we can market it to 65 million people on Wattpad who already love the story. How much do you work with the contributors to get them to a place where they are they're able to leverage that information as well to maybe hone their writing and the the storytelling? I ask that because there's not been a lot of criticism of Wattpad out there, but but one of the criticisms that have sort of been levied from writers is that it's very hard to distinguish themselves on a platform, which is understandable. It's hard for any writer to distinguish themselves in any environment. But when there's 2.3 million contributors, how do I ensure that my work gets discovered, right? Mm -hmm. And I can see that that would be a, a point of concern, frustration, confusion on the part of somebody seeking to, to leverage the platform. Yeah, well, 2.5 million uh, monthly writers it's a big number, but we uh, also have an even bigger number. We have 65 million people on the platform every day. Yeah. So uh, every month. Uh, so the the question becomes how we leverage the machine to connect the right people at the right time with the right content. Um, and there, there's such diversity and uh, in interest out there. We we're constantly improving the technology, improving the, the connection, improving the recommendation engine to connect uh, those people with the right interests. One thing also very, very important for most writers, if they are um, not on Marpad, they when they write, they're staring at a blank screen. They, yes. uh, they have no one to talk to. It's not only a very boring uh, experience, it's also a very lonely experience because you you don't get any feedback until yes. your story is finished. But on Wattpad, it's exactly opposite. When you post a chapter, uh, you don't he even have to have to finish the, the story uh, because most writers on Wattpad, I would say almost all writers on Wattpad, they serialize the content. Yes, they start to get feedback from the from the readers chapter by chapter. So they they don't feel like they are they are lonely. They get they, they get the support, they get the feedback. And uh, most importantly, they they get very positive feedback from the community so that they can iterate on on the writing. So over time their writing get better and better, the storyline get better and better because of that feedback loop. Last year I know that there were 
there were uh, layoffs. I understand 10% of employees were, were laid off or 15, so not a, not a huge number impacted all departments. And, and that's not obviously unique to, to Wattpad. Um, every company has, un, you know, grappled with uh, th- this issue. I understand it was termed as a strategic realignment yeah. with the intent to shift towards more machine learning. Can you talk a bit about what the role machine learning plays in terms of the future direction for Wattpad? Machine learning is um, is a big part of what we are doing. Yeah. Uh, if we look at the percentage of the company, uh, we have quite a few data scientists and uh, people analyzing our, our data because we collect over a billion data points every day. Uh, we have uh, more than half a million chapters uh, being uploaded to, to the platform every day. So uh, for us to manually analyze the contents and the data and derive the, the insight out of this, if I do this manually, I probably need 10,000 people yes, of course. to do nothing of course. but just read the story. Yes, Machine learning is uh, providing us the ability to do things that wasn't, to do things that weren't uh, previously possible. For example, we can compare different stories, and, and including analyzing the writing style, so that uh, we can improve our recommendation engine really drastically. That just wasn't humanly possible before, and that's number one. Uh, number two, we can also detect the great story. Uh, much more earlier than, uh, than before. We can simply analyze the content and see if the writing styles would fit certain people and, and look at the, the, the story plots, whether it would be adaptable to, to a movie or TV show. So uh, machine learning will help us uh, to give us that ability to analyze millions or tens of millions, if not hundreds of millions of, of uploads, uh, but all done by machine. That being said, the intention is not to replace the human. The intention is to turn humans into superheroes so that they can do the job much better. Again, I can see if you're a if you're a young, uh, an up and coming writer, it doesn't have to be young, but an up and coming mm-hmm. writer, the opportunity to access that audience and to to benefit from the machine learning and the comments would be a real game changer for somebody seeking to get their work out there. Uh, but in 2012, of course, there was a watershed moment. Uh, Margaret Atwood joined mm-hmm. Wattpad. Can you talk about what that meant to the organization besides, of course, the obvious sort of PR benefits that mm-hmm. would be associated with somebody of her statue, stature aligning with the brand? Yeah, I I think that was, uh, I, I think describing this as a watershed moment is probably an understatement. <laughs> yeah. Because we uh, at that time, we were much smaller. We were a tiny startup. And that's, that's a huge endorsement from, from Margaret. But I I think the reason for her to join the, the platform and started writing on, on, on Wattpad is, of course, it's not because of the of the audience. Uh, yeah. She has no problem finding audience. But I would say two things. Now, number one, Margaret truly believes in our mission and vision. And she really, really appreciates the fact that Wattpad is providing a very safe space for uh, writers. I wouldn't say just aspiring writers, but but for writers in general to share their stories 
uh, without any restriction, without any, uh, with all the freedom, and get the feedback that that they want. Uh, what is aspiring of professional writers? Uh, any writer would appreciate that. I would say the other thing that uh, Margaret is different is she is thinking ahead of everybody else. She's always the trailblazer. She's always the propeller head. So she always sees things before other people can, can see. So um, we are innovating, we're disrupting, we, we are uh, game changing. And of, of course, uh, she, she uh, wanted to, to try it out as well. Coming up, Alan on the three things that every great CEO has to get right and why you need to delegate everything else. Just shifting gears a little on the issue of culture, I read that you still interview every potential candidate or every every hire you sign off on. Is that still the the case? Uh, I wouldn't use the word sign off okay. uh, because uh, uh, it's not just my decision. Yes. Um, the, uh, but but yes, I, I do interview every single candidate. Uh, you know, sometimes if I'm if I'm traveling, I may miss one or two, uh, but um, I would say I interview over at least ninety percent of of the employees in the in the company. What is what is it that you're looking for? Are there is there is there one thing or two or three things that that are, are most important when you sit down with a candidate that you that you absolutely have to see? In a way, it's less about assessing, okay, uh, but more about making the connection with the candidate. Uh, so uh, right now, um, I can still walk up to anyone's desk without the need of introducing myself because yes. I already know the, the, the people. Today we have 140 people working in the company uh, for us, uh, for me to know every single detail in the company is mission impossible. But because I, I have personal relationship with everyone in, in the company, for me to understand the detail, to get the, the most complete picture of the company as humanly possible is actually much easier for me because I'm, I'm part of the interview process. So um, that's one of the reasons why I'm interviewing everyone in the company and, and I'm still doing that. Uh, but another aspect is about the culture because the company is not just me. To make it happen, to do amazing things, I I need to hire a lot of great people. I I need them to help the company scale. So um, uh, being able to um, talk to them uh, as part of the interview process, uh, so that uh, I can uh, understand whether they would be a cultural fit into the company, very very important. Because if they are not a fit, um, the negative impact to the company is really real. If they cannot work together, if there's not a cultural fit, you know, it's a, it's a big problem. So that's, that's why I'm always, uh, uh, as part of the interview process, the, the skill-based assessment, I leave it up to other people to, to do. On that, because it's something that every company grapples with and something that we really spend a lot of time here thinking about is the importance of cultural fit. Everyone recognizes it. It's, it's paramount in terms of people getting along and understanding the, the dynamic, changing environment that we operate in. So that's the, sort of a sacred characteristic. And yet at the same time, diversity 
is critically important, and cultural fit and diversity don't always necessarily go hand in hand, right? Because diversity fundamentally means, yeah, of course you could talk about diversity of gender and sexual orientation and skin color and ethnicity, but but there's also a diversity of working styles as well. So how do you how do you reconcile diversity, which I I know is is very important to you, mm-hmm. with also with cultural fit? Uh, a lot of people they um, I would say they misunderstand cultural fit means cultural identical. Okay. They always hire the same people with the same behavior with the same thinking. Uh, I I think that's not cultural fit. That's cultural identical. Okay. Cultural fit means uh, um, and combining that with diversity and, and inclusion. That means you purposely may look for very different candidates, but different people they can still work together really well. They think differently. Doesn't mean they do not work well together. Uh, in the team, those are two very different things. Yes. If you look at, uh, not saying uh, gender diversity is the only thing that we look at, but in terms of uh, gender, we are almost uh, 50-50, exactly 50-50. On our leadership team, it's almost exactly 50-50. From uh, um, ethnic um, diversity perspective, it's also 50-50, both on the leadership team and uh, in the company in, in, in general. We, we know how to bring in different people with very different background and make sure they can work together. They are all very different, but somehow they are on the same team and, and work together really well. Is it, it, it not to, well, I do want to press, press you on this, the issue of the, the, the qualities of the characteristics you look for. Is it energy, passion, originality, creativity, entrepreneurial zest if you're and I guess you know much would depend upon the role that you're you're hiring for but is there sort of a fundamental quality that every prospective Wattpad employee needs to possess yeah uh, of course they, they the skills uh, and the in the jobs back they, they, yes of that, course. that's but that's table stake yes the uh, important elements are whether they can fit well in the environment work well with the rest of the team. Uh, whether they they are a thinker rather than uh, just follow instruction, you yes. know, if they are just following instruction, not saying in and of itself is a, is a bad thing, but, but probably not going to work well here because yes. uh, as a fast moving company, we are very dynamic. We we are changing all the time for all the good reasons. So people have to be able to adapt. So uh, we we want people to think out of the box. We want people to think differently. Yet at the same time, very positive and 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 very inclusive in terms of accepting different ideas. Yeah, and, and just in the, the last point that I wanted to sort of delve into is the the issue of work life balance because I've read that you endeavor to sort of switch off. Is it three weeks every year? I don't know if it's three consecutive weeks, but that but that you have sort of defined periods where you go offline. Mm-hmm. And at the same yeah. time, I read, and, and this may no longer be the case, but that your one of your role models or your main role model is Bill Gates, and I and I, I wonder if those two things are sort of compatible as well. That Bill Gates and, and the notion of sort of turning off. Uh, well, uh, Bill Gates, uh, he uh, even at the time when he was the CEO of Microsoft, he uh, every year he took two weeks off, uh, turn off all the devices and, and email, and just read and think. 
And I think it's it's actually very very important for CEOs. Uh, CEOs, uh, in a way, they just have to do three things.、Um, make sure. Well, I learned this from one of my investors,、uh, so it's it's not coming from me.、Uh, but I, I I can see that great CEOs they only do these three things. Number one, make sure there's enough cash in the bank. And number two, define the vision and strategies、uh, of the company. And number three, hire and retain the best people, and delegate everything else. And、uh, I think this is really true. In a way,、uh, that would free me up if I if I follow those three things. That would free me up with a lot of free time. And that free time is not unproductive. It's actually very important. The free time I used to listen. I used to learn. I used to carve out some headspace for for me to to think because most of the decisions in the company, whether as macro or micro decisions, I I delegate as much as possible. But for when it counts,、uh, then maybe once per week, maybe once per month, maybe once per quarter or once per year, I have to make a very Difficult, drastic decision that is like turning from turning right to turning left. Yes, and that type of decisions, unless you you see the complete picture of the company, but not a dis- distorted view of the company, you have to be.、Uh, that picture has to be as clear as possible to make that type of decision. It's like captain of the ship. You know, you、uh, the captain、uh, would not go down to, to serve in the restaurant. You know, go, yes.、Uh, uh, That person, he has to or she has to make the left turn or right turn decision, and that's the only decision that the captain can make. And, and if I have to make those decisions, how would I know if I don't spend time listening, if I don't spend time learning, if I don't spend time thinking? So、um, that's in a way a big part of my、uh, large percentage of, of of my time would be spending on. Digesting the information that I hear from the employees, from my partners, from our users, and then、uh, so、make that type the, of decisions. On that, to drill down the the listening and the learning and the reading, is it typically Wattpad focused, or is it more external that you're sort of just understanding the sort of cultural, political, economic trends, and that then you use that those insights. To determine whether you're going to turn right or left, I would say it's、um, uh, all of the above.、Um, because in, in this world is is very is very connected now. Is it's not like I let's say I focus on entertainment. Let's say I focus on reading, writing, and 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 that's the only thing I I need to know. Because Wattpad is a very global company. Even sometimes, what happens, perhaps politically in in certain country, may have a drastic impact、uh, on our user base, on our traffic, or, or on what people would write、uh, and what people would read. Yeah. So、um, it doesn't mean I would spend all my time in understanding the the the,、uh, the politics in Estonia. You know, I, I'm not suggesting that, but I have to make sure the Uh, I'm collecting the the signals from、uh, all the input that I can gather from, so that I can leverage that to to make the、uh, the best possible decisions、uh, when I need to make. Great, thank you very much. Thank you so much for inviting me. 
That was Alan Lau, CEO of Wattpad. If you like this show, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or your favorite listening app. Drop us a review or let us know a disruptive Canadian business leader who you'd like to hear from. I'm Noel Holzman. You can reach me at nholzman at both.com or find me on Twitter at at ngholzman. The show is produced by Stephanie Werner. We'll see you next week.